just a few minutes ago, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I was going to say the Holy Spirit changed my mind to, and preach another message titled, have you heard that I'm a grandfather yet? But we're going to go on and second time, baby, twice. Let's go. That's right. That's right. Yes. 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 I message has been a lot of fun for me, but it's been a big challenge. As we close it up today with the, the, the title, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I, I realized I need 52 weeks to do the seven I am statements of Jesus, any kind of justice. But it's very difficult for me to, to even land a, a thought in one week because they're just so, so, there's so much. And the mix of a preaching gift that I have and a teaching gift makes me want to preach a book every week. And uh, you, as you've been here a while, you know that's what I try to do. Unfortunately, I don't try. I just Anyway, so I thought, uh, how can I do that? And I came across these letters that these little kids wrote, about, they wrote to Jesus. And it, it kind of took the pressure off of me when I, when I read it. One of them says, Dear Jesus, please change the taste of asparagus. It tastes like grass and my mother makes me eat it. You know what I'm saying? Here's one. Dear Jesus, when I grow up, I want to be just like my dad, except I don't want to be hairy all over. Yeah, just get right to the point. And there's a Sunday school teacher who wanted to have the kids memorize the 23rd Psalm. How do you know that would be a great thing, to memorize the 23rd Psalm? And a lot of them were really getting it over weeks and weeks and weeks with a little kid named Ricky. He just was struggling the whole time. And the problem was all the kids had to get up and do their little part of it you know, and Ricky was, he, he got up, you know, the kids said the part and did a lot, impressed everybody, and Ricky really struggled, man. So he got up and he said, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Isn't that what makes the Word of God so amazing, though? Theologians are still intrigued over fine points of doctrine after millennia of time. And at the same time, little kids get it. Little kids get it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, would you stand please for the reading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, Jesus said to the disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing, the preaching and the receiving of his word. Give somebody a high five and then you may be seated. Here, yeah, wow, hell of a day. And I love to hear you read the word of God out loud. That's so awesome. Yeah. Here's the context. Here's the context of that statement. Jesus has just washed the feet of the disciples. They're seated, seated around the table for the last meal He is going to have with them before He suffers. He's been telling them this now for probably months, and it didn't go down into their hearing. And this is that night. He says, I am going away. 
And the disciples, of course, are saddened. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how frightened they must have been? Already feeling uncertain about it, and now maybe even abandoned. And it's in that emotional experience that Jesus speaks these words of comfort to them and guidance for them through the next three days and in days, and it would be years and a lifetime to come. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, through me. And that, in our society today, opens up a can of worms of questions. And the big question today in the Western world particularly is, why is it that you say that Jesus is the only way to God? Maybe we'll be open to He's a way to God, but not the only way to God. Now, for the first half of this message, I'm going to be talking church talk. I'm going to be talking to most of you who are here today, and you have, like Mary's Mary that we talked about last week, Lazarus' sister, you have come to a point in your life where you've come to believe that Jesus is who He says He is. And so I'll be using biblical, theological reasoning for why we know this is true, and maybe it will encourage you and re-remind you of that. Um, I'm going to look into how Jesus said we can prove without using biblical argument to a world that in today's world has gone past what an unbeliever in the 1930s and 40s and 50s uh, may have opened their mind to consider about God when a, a Christian would say the Bible says. In the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, even for people who didn't know Jesus or didn't even know if God was real, if you said the Bible says, or if you just said back then my pastor said, someone would have said, hmm, not today. Not today. But there is a greater apologetic for the unbeliever who will not give basically the written Word, which we know is the Word. And it doesn't mean that we don't use the Word. Because I read somewhere, the Word of God is living, powerful, sharper than the sharpest sword, able to divide the soul from the spirit, the marrow from the bones, and brings a person's heart wide open before God. So we want to use the Word of God. And we'll talk, about, we'll talk about how the Word of God, I think somewhere it says, became flesh, became human. And they saw in a human being the Word of God explained. And God still wants His church to do the same thing. This is my logical argument as to why Jesus is the only way. And it's this. I think, there we go. When you are the only true God who made the greatest sacrifice and paid the highest price and offered the greatest blessings to an undeserving world, you are justified in offering one way. You, that statement that I wrote, you can see the love of God in it. People argue that God isn't loving if He's only made one way. I disagree. God is loving because He made a way. And when you've paid the sacrificial price that you pay, He paid, and to offer such an amazing blessing to people who'd never deserved it to begin with, you're justified in offering one way. Now, the theological 
argument to all of us Bible believers that just say, well, the Bible says it's kind of like this. And can you imagine how offensive this would be if you said it? There is no other God. God is completely holy. Man is not God. Jesus said so. They killed him for saying so. He came back to life and so it is so. And then you let him say, if you come back to life, I might consider what you had to say. <laughs> the real reason Jesus is the one-way street to God and eternal life is really about two words. They both start with the letter S. One is three letters long and one is four. The first one is sin. The second word is self. The reason why there is only one way to God and Jesus is the way is because Jesus is the only one that deals with sin and deals with self. Why is there just one way? Here are the answers. It's impossible to approach a holy God without holy blood. Will you say those three words? Without holy blood. From a sinless man. It was a man that got us into this. And it takes a man to get us out of this. This is why Jesus is the only way. Stay with me. It's impossible to approach a holy God without holy blood from a sinless man. Only as a man could God die. And only as God could man come back to life. Why? Because His holy blood was shed in His death, but He had no sin in Himself. He only carried ours upon Himself. And he approached God, Son of Man, Son of God, with holy blood from a sinless life. And that's the only way that a sinful man could come to God. Sinless. A sinless man came to God, making a way for sinful men to come to God. And there is no other sinless man. But the man, the God-man, Christ Jesus. I am the way. Second, it's impossible to walk in the light of God's truth. Everybody say God's truth. God. Say it again, God's truth. It's impossible to walk in the light of God's truth without the only one who knows truth perfectly, this is who Jesus is. Jesus said, I am the truth. Why? The only way to walk in God's truth, everybody say it again, God's truth. God's Have you ever heard anybody say, well, that's your truth? Have you ever heard that lately? Stick to your truth. The only way to walk in God's truth, because man isn't God, see, is by walking with God. And the only way to walk with God is to walk with Jesus. The truth of all truths. And not everything that people say is true is true. Have you figured that out yet? Not everything that I think is true is true. A lot of things that I say is true is just a reflection of me. A lot of things that you think are reflections of you. Without God's definition of faith, it's impossible to please God. 
And faith has to be real. The kind of faith that God accepts has Jesus at the center of it. Jesus came to show us light, reveal what is reality. True reality is in Jesus. And can I say outside of Jesus, nothing is true reality? That means God reveals what a person must put their faith in, and that's what saving faith is. The truth of all truths is this. Jesus is God in a human body, and only those who believe in Him enough to walk with Him, have a relationship with Him, will walk in the truth. Because it's impossible to walk in the light of God's truth without walking with the One who revealed the truth of God. Jesus is the truth of all truth. John the Baptist said so too. He said, the one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. But whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. We need the truth, don't we? We need the truth to lead us, but it's impossible to walk in the light of God's truth without the only one who knows truth perfectly. This is who Jesus is. What do you mean there's only one way? Thank God there is a way. There is a way out of the world of lies. And it's Him who is the truth. Now those who doubt this might say, why can you say so arrogantly, and I, we shouldn't be arrogant, the church needs to come down about 150 notches. <laughs> Why can you say there's only one truth, Christian? Well, let me ask this question. What if there is only one truth and God loved us enough to show it to us, knowing we'd never come to know it because we live in the darkness, because we live in sin? What if we would flip it and make that the question? See, when you're the only true God who made the greatest sacrifice and paid the highest price and offered the greatest blessing to an undeserving world, you're justified in offering one way. And if you're a God who loves your creation, even if they don't love you back, you show them the truth even if they choose not to believe it. That's love. That's love. Some people today think you hate them when you cause them to have to face reality. Jesus said, I am the truth. Then he said, I am the life. That means this. It's impossible to experience God and live for Him without the Spirit of Him living inside us. 
the life. This spirit, ready, is sent only by Jesus. Jesus told them that night, I know you're afraid and you're feeling abandoned, I'm leaving, but it's to your advantage. Because when I go to the Father, I will ask Him and He will send. And then He says later, I will send the One, the Helper, the Comforter. And He will be not only with you, but He will be in you. And because I live, you will live also. He was talking to people that had a heartbeat. But He told them, you only come into real life when the Spirit of life comes to live in you. People claim today that any kind of spirituality is okay. I'm not here to bust that up. I'm not here to argue that. For, for somebody, to them, it might seem okay for them to be spiritual. But the only kind of spirituality that is okay with God... See, that's the other thing. Okay with you, okay with your brother, okay with the Hollywood stars, okay with the people down the street, okay with him. I'm spiritual. You ever see people that get their awards, they go like this, or they do that? that can, that's great. That can mean anything. Spiritual, I'm spiritual. That's the new thing. I'm spiritual. And you know what that says to me? That says to me that everybody knows there's something missing. I don't put somebody down for them think, you know, wanting to be spiritual. But the only kind of spirituality that will give you real life is when the Spirit of the only real God comes to live in my real life. Spirituality that doesn't conform a person's character to Christ's likeness is not a spirituality acceptable to the one true and living God. Why? Because the Spirit of God is the Holy Spirit. Charismatics, let's not forget this. Holy Spirit. You can talk in tongues till the cows come home, but the Spirit of God makes us holy. Holy. The Holy Spirit only comes from Jesus, and let me tell you why. Because the Holy Spirit is only attracted to Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit only comes where the spotless lamb's blood is. The dove came on Christ, and John was calling him the Lamb of God. Without the Spirit of Christ, we do not belong to Christ. And the real truth is, without the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit living in us, we are still spiritually dead Maybe not to Hollywood, maybe not to the New Agers, but to God. Since there's only one God, without the Holy Spirit of God, to God, we are spiritually dead, even if we walk around going. We're dead. Because Jesus said, I am the and only the way. I am the and only the truth. And I am the and only life. A person might not seem to be dead to themselves, but dead to the only true and living God is what the Bible says 
is a person who isn't living in the vine, Jesus Christ. We only have access, the Bible says, we're talking Bible here, right? We only have access to the Father by one Spirit. One Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said He is the life. In other words, God is Spirit, and we come to Him in Spirit. And the only way we can come to God in Spirit is when the Holy Spirit connects our dead spirit to a living God by the sinless blood that we've applied by faith to our dead spirit because wherever the blood is, the Spirit says, Life be! And He comes to live in a cleansed temple. Now, most of you, probably maybe all, maybe all of you, I hope so, in this room, you say, I come to believe that. Just like Martha said to Jesus, I've come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And you've maybe checked off with me on that. Man, I'm tracking with you, Tim. Biblically solid sound. I'm even going to write you a note today. And because it's pastor appreciation, I'm going to put a $500 bill in that note. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Make it 600 Anyway. Uh, I'll give you a picture of my grandkids. Now. I'm joking. Never know. You never know, right? Did you what he said? Did you what he said? Now, there are a lot of people outside of our faith who don't believe this. And we can always say, well, they're just wrong. Bless God. See what happens when you don't raise your kids in church? There's a lot of kids that raised in church go off to college, and they come home and go, dear mom and dad, I don't believe that anymore. How do we reveal Christ to them? Because they say, well, you know what? We're just gonna, I just love. We're just, just lo love. Love. We all should love. And that's true. All we, John Lennon, all you need is love. Only problem is, and that's true, but we're selfish and we're sinners. And it's almost impossible, I'd want to say is impossible, that somewhere in the midst of our motivation to love, there's a whole lot about me in it. And the love of God is different than me love of the world. And the difference is, God loved others and didn't expect anything back. He loved the world so much He gave His only Son. It's a giving out love with nothing expected in return. People say, well, I'm a spiritual person. I've found my space in the inner place, and I'm just following the light. Make sure it's not a, not a light bulb. It isn't going anywhere. And if the spiritual light still makes it be okay to commit adultery and to be sexually immoral, it's not taking you anywhere. Woe to those who call darkness light, Isaiah said. Woe to those who call darkness light. Hey, the Bible says that's wrong. The Bible says you're living in sin. I don't care what the Bible says. 
I love God, and God loves me. And I love everybody. And I'm going to try to be better at loving. I'm not perfect, but I'm spiritual. And there's a temptation in my spiritual arrogance to go, hmm, you're also a Nimrod. But, you know, that's wrong. That is, listen, love is not arrogant. Love is not boastful, right? The God of love. Jesus never did that with people that didn't understand. Jesus gave us a remedy for them. What could be our new best evidence for people who won't give you any room in the Bible? What could be our new best evidence to convince people that aren't convinced and the church has had to face a reality, including me, all of us, maybe preachers more, that we've muddied the water. So Jesus gives us points on how to live a way so that the question is no longer, how can you say there's only one way? But the question comes back to me, how can I have what you have? Anybody going around asking you that question? Hey, how can I have what you have? What is it? What is what is going on in your life? The way you live makes me feel like I'm missing something. I know you don't go around pointing accusing, accusing fingers at anyone, Joe. But Joe, every time I'm around you, I feel like I'm undone. But you're not. What? Instead of, how can you say, well, I don't believe, well, why don't, what do you think about that? Was a six day, how do you know God? Oh, but, hey, what is going on in your life? That's how the I message transforms into eyesight. Three words inclusion, insight, and intimacy. Inclusion, insight and intimacy take our eye message and transform it so the world sees with their eyes the I am of Jesus. Let's talk about inclusion. That means His love revealed in our love is our new I message. His love revealed in our love is our new I message. That means the way we love and who we love, that's the evidence. Jesus said, my love in you, shared with one another, will prove to an outside world that I'm real. Did he not say that? Come on, help me. Anybody on this side listening? Did he not say that? This is how they'll know. By the Love you show each other. It's different. It's the love of God demonstrated. Jesus showed people that kind of love. It was an inclusive. It was a welcoming love that convinced people that God really wanted them. God really valued them. It was a family. When Jesus said, my father wants everyone around him. My, go down. my father, and go to the hedges. Go to the curves. Go, to, go out, in the, where the, out in the back... Bring the, my father. It was always my father. 
There was an old song they used to sing in the 60s, the Jesus hippie movement. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Anyone remember that? Say kumbaya. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. I got tapes out in the lobby. $9.99 for cassette. Inclusion. Inclusion. Next is insight. Insight creates eyesight. That means His light revealed in the way we live. Say the way we live. The way we live. Jesus said He would send the Holy Spirit to live in us. In other words, your life is going to change so much that people are going to see your life changing so much. People are going to see your life changing so much because the Holy Spirit is a changer. People say, watch your life. It's like you're being guided by something greater than they are being guided. You're being guided by someone greater than... And they look at you and think, he's not that smart. <laughs> what is going on? Well, the all-knowing, all-wise God by the Spirit of God, is enlightening my life and showing me the way in which I should go, and it bears fruit. You know you can bear gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit? And Jesus said you will know them by their fruit, not their gifts, their fruit. And finally, intimacy, inclusion, insight is eyesight. I am seeing a living being in the circle of my life which was dark until now. Light came. That's what John said in the first of the seven, eight messages I preached. He came in the midst of them. Light was life. And it opened the eyes of the world. Most didn't want it, but those who did, he gave them the power to become the sons of God, daughters of God. Inclusion. There was a love that no one else had that Jesus had. And it was a love that every person in the world is looking for. Looking for. There is a spirituality that people are longing for. And there's an intimacy that creates eyesight. His living spirit revealing his voice to us is our new eye message. It's not about going around saying, God told me this, God told me that, Jesus told me this. People go, well, Jesus told me to, to not go to lunch with you. <laughs> it's not about saying it. It's about doing what you hear him saying. An outside world would be able to tell. It seems like the God of the Bible talks to Joe or Mary. And they're not weird. They just walk in a way that makes me wonder. I think God's talking to them. And then when someone says, well, how did you know what... Well, you know, look, look... Uh, I really feel like the Lord spoke that to my heart after the fact. 
after it works. Well, let me tell you, man, I took that to the Lord and I really felt in my heart that through His Word and still small voice, the witness of my spirit, that God was speaking to me. What? Eye message to eyesight. See, this whole series has been about this. The I am is the I am, not the I was. He's the I am. And we know that. We are experiencing that. Hopefully, we'll continue to experience that. That the I am is the I am. And I hope you, and I know you do, want so many people in your life circle. So many people in our area. So many people in the country and so many people in the world. Don't you want them to know what you know and who you know? But we have to face the responsibility that all of us have muddied the message some. I mean, for instance, if I say that He is my bread of life and my faith in Him is at such a level that I don't hunger for things the world hungers for, then I need to live that. If not, the world goes, you're as messed up as I am. Oh, but you're a Christian. You have a Bible and you quote scriptures at me. Right? We have a better apologetic. It's a life lived. Here's what Jesus said to Pilate. I remember reading this in the, in the, in the early 80s, and I, I couldn't understand. I don't even have what Pilate wrote, but I'll tell you. Jesus looks at Pilate, and he says, the reason I was born and came into the world, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth, and everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate said, and I remember reading this in the early 80s when I started reading the Bible. I remember reading what Pilate says. Pilate says, what is truth? And I thought, what do you mean, what is truth? How could a society ever get such a to such a place when you don't know what's true? Let me ask you, is CNN true, Fox News true, MSNBC true, NPR? What's true? You know what's true? I have no idea, do you? Do you know what's true? I mean, is he guilty or not? The Russians, did they do it? Who, what, huh? You know what's true today? Whatever you want to believe is true, which isn't true. And Pilate would say today, hey, your world's like mine. I'm looking at truth right in the face. And I've become so cynical and jaded. Truth, what the heck is that? And then you had the Bible says. There's a different apologetic. And Jesus said there could be. We owe the world that witness. We owe the world that witness and even more. Ready? We owe Jesus a good representation of Him. I got up the other morning and I got a message from a friend. And he told me something that touched my heart so deeply, changed my heart, and brought me for that moment so close to God. 
that I kept repeating that message to myself that my friend sent me for the next three days. I want to share it with you. It's about intimacy. And my friend said to me, Tim, I know everything there is to know about you. I perceive every moment of your heart and your soul and I understand your every thought before it even enters your mind. I am so intimately aware of you, Tim. I read your heart like an open book. You're saying, oh, no, 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 Tim, that's, that's David saying that to God. Right, but my friend, the Holy Spirit, said to me, flip it around this morning. Flip it around this morning and actually read out loud me saying these things David discovered, me saying them to you. I am so intimately aware of you, Tim. I read your heart like an open book. I know all the words you're about to speak before you even start a sentence. I know every step you will take before your journey even begins. I've gone into your future to prepare the way, and in kindness, I will follow behind you to spare you from the harm of your past. With my hand of love upon your life, I will impart blessings to you. And I know this is too wonderful and deep and incomprehensible for you. But with my understanding, I will birth wonder and strength in your life. Where could you go from my spirit? Where could you run and hide from my face? If you go up into heaven, I'm there. This coming week when you're going 30,000 feet high, 600 some miles an hour, I'll be with you. When you land at LAX, I'll meet you at the gate. And when you come back, I'll be waiting. I added that part, sorry. <laughs> In case you're wondering. <laughs> what Bible are you? It's impossible to disappear from me or to ask the darkness to hide you, for my presence is everywhere, bringing light into your night. Don't you wish there was somebody that doesn't know Jesus that could hear his voice speak to them like that? There's no such thing as darkness with me. The night to me is as bright as your day. I formed your innermost being, shaping your delicate inside and your intricate outside and wove them all together in your mother's womb. I even formed every bone in your body. I know you thoroughly, Tim. When I created you in the secret place, skillfully, shape, skillfully shaping you from nothing to something, I saw who you are and are created to be before you ever became before you'd ever seen the light of day, the number of your days I planned, and they're already recorded in my book, every single moment I'm thinking of you. How precious and wonderful to consider that I cherish you constantly in my every thought. Oh, Tim, my desires toward you are more than the grains of sand on every shore, and when you wake up each morning, I'm still with you. Let me ask you a question. Would you like a little bit of that? That's who he is. He said, Nathaniel, yesterday, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Do you know anybody in this whole world that would push away an awakening from God where they know in their inner being, Jesus sees me? Then let's show them inclusion and insight intimacy. The gospel reveals who Jesus is. Now let's go out and do the same. We love you, Lord.
thank you for loving us more. I commit this series to you. I feel so... I just commit it to you. And I thank you for your word and your spirit and the drawing of heaven to our heart. In Jesus' name.